What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to episode 97 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. If you believe in him, clap your hands. It's Grant Youngsma. Yes. <laughs> this this movie that we're going to discuss today. I mean, round of applause. <laughs> yeah, that's another reason to, to give a round of applause at the top of the show. Oh, yeah. Um, Grant, have we got some things to discuss on this week's episode? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say I'm angry with you, but I'm definitely, I have questions. I have questions about your ability to recommend a movie that, you know, would be enjoyable for us to, to watch and review. Um, you're hey, going to have to answer for some things. We're just talking about urban legends today. So. <laughs> I'm excited to get into the topic, the main topic of the show today, which is 1999's straight to Disney channel movie, Don't Look Under the Bed, which I think I had heard of, like the title definitely sounded familiar when you mentioned it to me, I mean, probably a month ago is when we first started talking about it. And then of course, last week, you know, you mentioning it, but it's going to be the topic of the show for, for this week. But I know I had never seen it because about like five or 10 minutes into it, I was like, I would, I definitely would have turned this off if I had seen it before. <laughs> so um, anyway. If you're just joining us for this podcast, if this is your first episode, we're an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Um, we are the in the calm before the freaking storm right now. It's about to get crazy on Disney Plus um, here in mid-November, especially starting with Disney Plus Day, and then just it gets it's just it's, it's going to be 80 miles an hour from there from then on. There's a ton of content coming out over the winter season. Um, so we uh, we this week we've done if. If you haven't been listening over the last few weeks, we've been doing every week a movie, movies that chill you, that chill you. Yeah. Movies that make you chill. Make you chill. I get it wrong every time. Um, and uh, so we're rounding it out. We did four episodes. Go back and, and uh, listen to our other episodes as well. We did uh, Haunted Mansion and some some other stuff over the last few weeks. Mom's got, got a date with a vampire. I liked, I liked that episode. And we saved the best for last. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. This is going to be a doozy for sure. Um, we typically review the most popular stuff on Disney Plus, but we like to do, you know, straight to Disney Channel movies every so often just for yeah. some fun. Um, we're going to get into the movie here in a little bit, but every episode we like to start with Disney Plus news of the week. Uh, Grant, what kind of piqued your interest this last week? Well, Phil, um, one of the biggest things that we always cover people that have listened to us is Marvel stuff and right probably the day after we recorded uh-huh. uh, Marvel dropped this huge bomb that they're um, pushing back about seven of their movies and two of them are getting completely shoved off the docket for now. And so it's pretty much they're moving everything back like one slot. 
So mm-hmm. the first one after Spider-Man, which Spider-Man, we're still assuming we're going to get it on December. But, I mean, we might not even get it December 18th. Dude, how crazy would that be, by the way? Like, but, we've been waiting for this movie for forever. Yeah, that, w- that would be extreme <laughs> nuts. And so I'm not sure we haven't... and. I don't really know how much longer they can wait and say that they're not going to delay this movie before they actually delay it. But the next one after that was Doctor Strange, and that was slated to come out in March. And now that has been moved to the May slot. And then... Which was Thor, so it took Thor's spot, basically. So now... Yep, so Doctor Strange is going in May. And then... Thor is going in July. Yeah. And then Black Panther is going in November, I believe. Yep. And then everything else is slated for 2023. I think Marvel's is the first one for 2023 now. But everything has literally been pushed back one slot. Yeah. Yeah, they they were expecting... Uh, there's a yeah. There's one movie that's was supposed to make for next year that's not even going to happen next year. They pushed it into the following year, but yeah, everything else got delayed. Um, Doctor Strange two months, Thor two months, um, Black Panther Wakanda forever four months. It, it got delayed from July of next year to, all the way to, to November, almost mm-hmm. the almost the end of the year. Um, so, uh, what do you make of this? It's, this is a big a big announcement, a big story. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta think. I mean, you would think a lot of these movies are done. So you're kind of just wondering to yourself, you know, why are they not releasing them? And you just wonder, does Disney have other ideas of other stuff they're going to release? Whether it be on Disney Plus or stuff we don't know about. But it's kind of just a head-scratching move. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. it. It's, it's super weird. Like you said, they, they have already pushed back these movies. A lot of these movies were supposed to come out earlier this year, and they, yeah. moved, they moved to next year. Like off, they bumped it off of 2021, and then now they're bumping it even more, like into later months yeah. of 2022. It's, it's super weird to me. Um, I, what's even weirder is that, I have you? I don't know that I've heard of any other studios doing this. Like no. Um, you know, the other big studios, Sony Pictures or whatever, it's like, as far as I know, their movies are coming out on, on time. They've all been delayed because of COVID. But yeah. after the COVID delay, there there hasn't been any other delay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Bond film came out on time. All these other movies are coming out these days are coming on exactly when they said they were going to. And yeah, Disney just dropped this bombshell like, hey, everything's moving back one slot. Um, and I I don't, I think I think the only thing that's not, been delayed, although you might have just said, said something that uh, I don't know if I heard you correctly or, or if I just misunderstood, but um, the TV shows, I think, are still on schedule. I mean, yeah. from their last announcement, I guess. I, I would assume so. So, I don't really know. So, if Spider-Man does get delayed, you would assume Spider-Man's going to take that uh, Doctor Strange date in March, which... That would be a big head scratcher because you would surely think that Spider-Man is going to make way more 
coming out around Christmas than it is around spring break. Oh yeah, that's a bad idea. I like I yeah, we I mean everyone everything that we've seen this year from Loki to to what if anything that's like kind of you know gotten us salivating for more like multiverse and stuff like that it's like they have to deliver that movie and like but there's legit uh, one of the you know there's like a two-part news story but like there was a whole article devoted to is spider-man gonna get delayed i'm like no you can't do that that's that's crazy like people are literally about to buy their tickets for that movie exactly um and you would hope that they're going to make up for it with Loki season two and stuff like that. Yeah. I think strangely enough, like you can almost set your, your watch to the shows. Like, um, I know like they've had like very slight delays here and there, you know, and and again, a lot of that was just COVID times, but like now that we're kind of starting to kind of come out of the pandemic, you know, one step at a time right now and things are kind of getting back to normal. Um, the shows like I consider them to be pretty reliable. Like I, I fully mm-hmm. expect Mar- Miss Marvel to deliver in February. Um, Hawkeye looks like it's going as planned. Like all that kind of stuff is so th- their t- their television arm of Disney is seems to be just right on schedule. Just you know, yeah. just tick tocking away. And then their movie stuff. I don't know what's going on over there. It's it seems like this could have been avoided. Like this seems totally avoidable. Mm-hmm. Um, of course we don't know all the ins and outs or the, you know, behind the closed doors discussions. But when I read the article, I think you sent it to me or no, I, I sent it to you, but you had already seen it. I was just like, what is going on? This is so bizarre. Yeah. It's one of the weirdest stories I think we've had all year. It is very strange. And like we had read, and this has been months where guardians of the galaxy Volume 3, which that one's one that got pushed back to 2023, where that one, they had said they're they're not changing anything on it. So it's literally done. Hmm. So it's kind of just a head scratcher at what they're doing at this point because you know that a lot of these movies have to be close to done, if not done already. Yeah, I mean, they said Black Widow was, like, feature complete. Like, it was completely finished, on film, ready to go, shipped to the movie theaters, and then it just sat for, like, nine months. Yeah. And that one I understood, because it's like, okay, well, there's, the theaters aren't open. Like, we literally have to delay this thing. Um, but, like, with all the movies that are coming out in the early part of next year, they're now... I mean, there's nothing coming out movie-wise until... Um, was it May? Because, yeah, because it was supposed to be March. Yep, May. Yeah, so after Spider-Man, there's nothing that comes out for almost six months. It's like five and a half months or something like yeah. that. And um, the only thing I can think of is, like, maybe they're anticipating some post-holiday, you know, pandemic-related, you know, people not going to the theaters or something like that. They were afraid to... But it's March. Like, I don't know. Like, that's a couple yeah. months after Christmas and the holidays. So... I don't know, man. I it's it's definitely weird. I, I I almost wonder if we just never get the answer to that question of like what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, it's it's no small announcement to say, um, you know, like to say like, oh, you know, Doctor Strange is is getting delayed by a month or whatever. Okay, that's a big announcement. Disney when Disney comes out and says everything, 
all of our stuff is delayed <laughs> next year, then it's kind of like, okay, somebody dropped the ball somewhere. Something weird is going on. Yeah. Or they're seeing the writing on the wall. They're, they're seeing the future and prognosticating some something that may or may not happen, but they're getting out of, on purpose, the winter and, and really almost the entire spring uh, from the movie theaters. They're going to continue to deliver the TV shows, I hope. But um, yeah, it's certain a, certainly a weird announcement. So um, I, I, I certainly hope that we get to watch Spider-Man over the Christmas break. Yeah. Like that, they need to, like if they want to make lots of money, they need to deliver that over the Christmas break as planned. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, even that could could get pushed back. So Yeah, my one last thought. And, and, and by the way, we're only getting three movies next year as opposed to four. Like yeah. they, they were going to pack the mm-hmm. next year a little bit more. Yeah. So my one last thought, and then you can move on to your story, is that maybe Marvel heard from Disney that non-Marvel stuff, they don't want to be hurting themselves. So maybe Disney, not Marvel, Mm. Disney is releasing some movies during that time that they don't want to be hurt by. Yeah. Because you never want to go against yourself. Yeah, I that makes sense to me. Um, they would have to mo- release a movie like every month for that to make sense. Like, yeah. you know, a January a release, a February release, a March release, an April release. Let's get all four of those movies out of the way, and then you know, and then release one because mm-hmm. they've been doing that for a long time. Anyways, they've been releasing nine or ten movies a year, yep. almost one a month, and so. Yeah, for them, I understand not wanting to release Doctor Strange in March and also like a non-Marvel Disney mm-hmm. movie like the week after. Like that's not a smart thing at all. So they must have something planned for every month. That's the only thing I can think of there. Um, so yeah, so I'm, maybe I'm, they're just trying to catch up. Yeah, and I, I'm still excited. And we obviously have no short. We shouldn't be complaining because we have no shortage of Marvel stuff to watch over the next three or four months. Um, I'm very excited for Miss Marvel. Still, Hawkeye is coming out. Um, and then there's going to be some Star Wars stuff in between. So I think there's going to be a lot to watch. It's just uh, definitely having bums. Like I read that article. I was just like, oh, come on. Like we have to wait until next summer to see the next Marvel movie. What's going on? Yeah, because some of these are going to be huge. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Strange will be big. And, and maybe that's part of it too is like they want to rake in some serious cash with Doctor Strange or something like that. And it's releasing it in March maybe isn't part of that goal. But um, yeah, I, I would I would love to know what the actual answer is here. Um, cause it's definitely odd. Yeah. Um, my story, uh, news story of the week is this. It's, it's not as, as I don't think this will be as long of a discussion, but it's interesting to me. Hayden Christensen, we knew was going to be in the, uh, Obi-Wan series that's yep. coming out. I think it's coming out next year. And that was a big bomb drop. We got that news. I think, I don't know, eight months ago or so. It was, it was earlier this year. Uh, maybe even last year, that Hayden Christensen was going to reprise his role and actually play as Anakin slash Darth Vader, whatever, in this Obi-Wan series, which takes takes place in between episodes three and four of the movies. And then I, I think it was a leak or something. Some you know, some is like a trusted sources say or whatever mm-hmm. type of article. But basically, it came out that Hayden Christensen is also going to be in the Ahsoka series. Interesting. So he's going to be in both series. Now, that's interesting just from the standpoint of Hayden Christensen hasn't touched Star Wars since, I don't know, 2005 or whatever it was, whatever the third movie was, was the last yeah, movie he was in. five or six, one of, one of the two years. So he's, he's been out of Star Wars for like 
17 years. Yep. Like that, that's a big, that's a big news story. Just like, Oh, we're going to see Hayden Christensen return to star Wars. So, but we already knew that for Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I think what's more interesting in this story is if Hayden Christensen is in it and Ahsoka, the last time we saw Ahsoka, it was post um, return of the Jedi. Yeah. And Vader spoilers for return of the Jedi. Vader dies in, in that movie. That tells me that this, the Ahsoka series is not during the events of, the Mandalorian show. Yeah. And, and now I don't think that was announced. Like <coughs> basically finding out that Hayden Christensen is in the Ahsoka series basically to, gives us clues on the timeline. Yeah. So of basically, when that shows to me. basically it's before, uh, like, I don't know. It, it really, it could be, honestly, it could be the, the fact that it's the same actor doing both shows somewhat back to back I almost wonder if it's in the exact same time period, like for both shows. Like yeah. it's Ahsoka during the extermination of Jedi. Yeah. And then also Ob- Obi-Wan during the extermination of Jedi. Like it's both shows are at the same time period, which we don't really know a lot about ah- Ahsoka either during yep. this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, just like Obi-Wan. So um, there's, there's separate shows there. They, I, I mean, presumably they're not going to have anything to do with each other. Although there could be some crossover. Um, but the big crossover is that he's in both shows. Um, so, you know, do we see him as, you know, come, uh, appearing to her as Anakin, you know, as a friendly, you know, old master of Ahsoka? Jake Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or do we see him in like full, I mean, he's going to be in the suit in, in some way, shape or form. Just yep. He needs it. He relies on it. But, or do we see like the dark side, you know, do we see him like, you know, trying to embrace Ahsoka as a, as a Padawan again, like come to the dark side, mm-hmm. or do we see him as like an antagonist that's going to like try to attack her and she has to fight him and stuff. Either way, I'm all in. Um, I think it'll be a little weird because it's, I, it's, I think it's, it's definitely been confirmed for a long time that it's Rosario. Like, yeah, she's reprising the role. Mm-hmm. So because of that reason, I think a lot of people are like, Oh, it's going to be 40 something year olds. Ahsoka during the time of the Mandalorian, but that can't be. I like <laughs> unless he's like a force ghost or something in the, in the Ahsoka sh- series, which he, I guess he could be. Um, he's if he's in the flesh, it's not during the Mandalorian. So you're gonna have Rosario Dawson at her age. They're gonna have to de-age her or just you know apply a lot of makeup or whatever to make her look younger. Yep. Uh, for that show, because she's in that show, she's gonna be she's supposed to be in like her twenties um, mm-hmm. if, if she's if it's during that time period. So. Um, yeah, very interesting. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> the audience to say that the Star Wars audience is mixed on <laughs> reception to Hay- Hayden Christensen is a is like understatement of the year. Like some people lo- love him, probably not that many people love him, <laughs> and a lot of people hated it, his performance um, in those movies. I'm more of a Jake three. Lloyd fan. <laughs> yeah, he's the best Anakin that's ever been. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and James so, Earl Jones, never heard of him. <laughs> it's definitely controversial to bring him back at all. Um, but to bring him back twice, like that's uh, that's quite an announcement. So. Yeah. Um, but surely he hasn't been doing much with his career at this point. I haven't, dude. I haven't. Have you seen him in anything? No. I I don't even know. Is he still acting? Well, apparently. <coughs> I, I by the way, I apologize. I'm probably going to cough a lot on this episode. I've been like super sick over the last few days. I wasn't even sure I would be able to record tonight. 
Uh, we'll get through it, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to be drinking a lot of liquid and <laughs> getting through the show, but uh, I definitely will be coughing here and there. But um, yeah, it's, uh, I think he's maybe done some like indie stuff. I, I feel like I've seen his name on something, but not as like a, ma- he's not been in like blockbuster movies that I know of. Um, so he's probably been like Star Wars book signings. Oh, I'm sure. He, he probably makes a ton of money at those things. He, he to me like I'm actually intrigued to see how his acting chops are now because he was actually super young when especially like the uh, Attack of the Clones um, movie came out like then the second second film of the, of the I guess he was in the prequel. Rise of Skywalker. Oh, probably just his voice in that yep. one scene. But other than that, yeah, not much. Yeah, he, he, so. I mean, Little Italy, Phil? No. I See, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like, he's done some stuff that no one's seen, but I, I don't know. If you're, like, out there and you're, like, a huge Little Italy fan or whatever, sorry, but I, I, I really think that probably no one has seen him on any screen for, like, you know, almost 20 years. And so it'll be, it'll be fun just to see him as an older version of himself and, you know, playing that role, so... It remains to be seen if he's a like a menacing Darth Vader or not. We'll we'll see. So or the cute little kid. Yeah, Jake Lloyd. All right. Well, let's uh let's get into it. Okay. Let's Phil. get let's get into the dirty work of get, getting through this movie. Um, Don't look it under the bed. Came out in ni- 1999 when Grant was just a wee a wee little lad, seven years years old. Eight. Eight. Close enough. And. Uh, it was Halloween time, I'm sure. It had to have come out in October. Oh, yeah. I would assume so. <clears throat> and uh, Grant w- woke up one morning, and he said, Mommy, Daddy, can I watch TV? And they said, Sure. And he flipped on the Disney Channel, and he said, Ooh, this looks good. I want to watch Don't Look Under the Bed. Is that pr- pretty much how it went down? Uh, something like that, Phil. Although it was probably like on a Friday night or something like that. Yeah. Um, This is... This is from a, a run, like a decade run probably, and they're probably still making them now even these days, but of Disney just doing like holiday themes. Disney is like the hallmark of of like kid-friendly yeah. <laughs> stuff. And they just every year, like you know you're going to get a, a Halloween-themed movie. You're going to get a thanks, maybe a Thanksgiving-themed. You're going to definitely get a, a, several Christmas movies every year. And this is the one from 1999. Um, Grant... You start out first. What are your general thoughts on this movie? Tell tell the the listeners your first time watching it, how many times you've seen it, and how your thoughts have changed on the movie. Well, this previous I actually did watch this. Unlike uh, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, I actually just watched this last weekend. Okay, so that was I want to say my fourth time seeing this movie. Okay. The first time I saw it was at a sleepover and I was like in second or third grade and this movie creeped the crap out of me. Yeah. And so that's probably why I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. Yeah. But in like the past couple of years, I've probably seen it three times. Okay. So most of your four times have been recently. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I don't know. It, it gets worse and worse. As I watch it, <laughs> like the first time I watched it since I was a kid, I was just like, you know, this isn't that bad. 
And then the next time I was like, mm, it's game pretty bad. And then when I watched it this weekend, it was just like, it's real bad. Yeah, real bad. It's the, this one's a stinker, guys. Like, I if you've not seen the movie, I don't know that you'll want to, <clears throat> especially after listening to us talk about. It. We're gonna unless spo- you love watching bad movies. Yeah, it's. I mean, we, Grant and I helped um, host Emeritus Jack Ultramat from this show. Yeah. on a previous podcast, you know, for years, um, you know, I, I pr- helped produce that show. Grant was a very frequent guest on that show called the Horrible Movie Podcast. As I was watching this movie, I was like, this is like prime real estate for that for that podcast yeah. like it it is we didn't always do we almost never did actually like straight to tv kind of movies because mm-hmm. it was like low-hanging fruit like super easy um but around the holidays jack's rule was okay we can break the rule yeah like the cardinal rule of the of the show and so this one would have fit like with you know the month of october yeah horrible movie podcast this so. one is bad um bringing up hmp you think about the time we watched Double Double Toil and Trouble, oh, the Halloween uh, Mary Kay and Ashley yeah. movie. and But I don't know. If you compare those two movies, this one might be worse. Boy, yeah. It's, that's a, because at that's least, a toss-up for me. At yeah. least for that Double Double Toil and Trouble, you have the Olsen twins. Yeah. In this, you have a guy named Larry Houdini. Yeah, that the only I said this last week when we were talking about the movie we were going to watch, the only actor that I'd even heard of, and I like as I was watching, I was like, well, surely someone's going to be like, oh, I recognize the face, but not the name. No, that, there's nobody in this movie I recognize except for Ned Ryerson, the, the guy that, that, that plays his friend, or whatever in uh, or not his friend, but um, his old like high school buddy in um, Groundhog Day. Okay, the, yeah. but he's the dad, and he he's in this movie for like seven minutes like yep. total maybe less mm-hmm. um yeah this as 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 you would expect ha- having if you've been following us this month it is exactly like halloween town it is exactly like mom's got a date with a vampire these movies are about the kids like yeah the parents for sure are, the parents are background mm-hmm. characters so but i've never seen any of these actors in anything else have you seen any of these actors in anything since um the guy, Larry Houdini, is in Even Stevens. Oh, okay. He he was in the Even Stevens movie. Uh, oh, he was? Okay. Um, He's kind of like a recurring, I can't think of what his name is on the show. He's not one of the main characters, but he is a recurring character on that show. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, he's, he's definitely got the the acting chops, like personality for that kind of show. So he's really the only one that I've seen in anything. Okay. All right. Interesting. And this came out before even Stevens. Yes. Uh, so yeah, they, he would have got maybe even landed that role because of yeah, probably. Uh, his experience doing, doing he, this. <laughs> he probably wasn't doing much. No, that's true. Um, if I was, uh, if you want to know kind of just the basic uh, plot line, do you want to, you want to do it? Just kind of the basic structure of the movie, like what's it? What, I and I. By the way, before Grant launches into this, I like going into a movie like this completely blind. I did this with even Stevens movie. We, we covered that earlier this year. I did that with all the other uh, Halloween movies. Like I don't want to know anything before I go into it. Like I, I just I want to have my expectations blown. Yeah. Of like what I think the movie's actually going to be, and then what I actually get. And this movie was a total one eighty. Like I thought we were going to get like a. 
uh, ghoulish, creepy, like the monsters are coming. Like I was thinking, I was picturing like hundreds of monsters, like hundreds of, you know, ghosts and goblins and stuff like that coming from under the bed, right? Don't look under the bed. They're going to terrorize the neighborhood. And like what we got was kind of a comedy. Like, like a lot of the, somewhat a lot of the movies like trying to be funny. Even like the big fight scene at the end is full of puns and like jokes and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. And I was like, okay, this is not the movie I expected, but um, all right. But yeah, uh, so people who, ha- who haven't seen this or maybe you haven't seen it in twenty years, what what are we looking at here? Yeah. So basically, the whole premise of this movie, which you don't really understand, it all centers around the boogeyman to start with but as you go on it really you just assume the boogeyman has always been but then you find out that the boogeyman is actually somebody who was an imaginary friend at one point and it's kind of an interesting premise yeah because obviously kids have imaginary friends but what happens when you stop believing in that imaginary friend? And that's basically what you got in this movie, which I don't really think the premise is very bad in this movie. I mean, it's an interesting storyline for sure, but I mean, the acting's horrible. Yeah, it's really bad. And how they get to that point, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of bad, scary movies out there that aren't Disney related. But this one is just kind of one of those where you're just like, not sure what I'm watching here. Yeah. It's more, the movie gets very scary. I I, like, I'm thinking about like second grade old grants, like getting like legit terrified at some of the scenes. This is not a movie I'm going to let my five-year-old watch for year, many years to come. Like she would have nightmares watching some of these scenes. They're very scary. On the whole, like on the, over across the whole movie, I don't know that I would even put this in like the horror genre. Like, yeah, it's. It, I thought that's what we were gonna get, but it's to me, it's more fantasy. Like, it's it's again, you know, it's. I would put this in the bucket of like Tooth Fairy or Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you uh, you know, kids have imaginary friends. What, like you said, what happens to those when they forget or when they don't believe anymore? And you know that's why I did the joke at the beginning. Whatever you know, if you if you believe, clap your hands because they literally do that in this movie. And it's it's about the movie's about uh, belief and childlike faith, yeah. and um and, and you know not growing up faster than you should. You know, like those are the kind of the basic themes of the movie, which puts it more in a fantasy kind of genre. But then then there's some some scary stuff that comes in at the I think at the very end most of the like it's more spooky like if if I could say spooky versus scary yeah it's like the, there's oddities around town like things are being like graffitied and um you know a bus is filled up with water and someone eggs a car it's like it's not like there are ghosts and goblins you know, obviously this is Disney Channel, but like killing mm-hmm. people or yeah. even hurting people or att- or even attacking people. Like no one gets attacked or is in any kind of dire straits at all until the, like the last 20 minutes of the film. So like it is more fantasy until it gets to that, that ending. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just one of those movies where, I don't know, you just struggle to understand what they're trying to accomplish in this movie yeah by the way the whole plot 
as as Grant just kind of said, that is the whole plot of the movie. It, yeah. it is literally there's this boogeyman and they it's it, a lot of the movie is half the movie is them trying to figure out like what even is this boogeyman mm-hmm. and what's his goal. And then, um, and, and then like, that's kind of it, right? Like, and then once they figure out the mystery, it's, it's like fight, fight, fight. And then it's over. Like there isn't like, you think about mom's got a date with a vampire or even Halloween town. I hate to say, but like there's nuance to the story and the story unravels slowly as it goes through. Yeah. This movie is kind of like, it just tells you what's going on in the, in the first 10 minutes. Um, you don't know exactly why it's happening or all the details, but there's not like a plot change at any point. Like from beginning to end, it's literally, we got to stop this madness and then they do it at the end and it's over. <laughs> um, so it's a very basic, uh, very basic kind of plot structure, if you will. So um, let's, let's launch into like, I, I think we start with negatives because I think we're going to have a lot more of those. We can try to find some positives as we go along as well. Um, I want to start with this one. The camera like fidelity and i know it's 99 like i get it yeah but they were you go back and watch like movies that came out in the 90s like you know they obviously were in theaters but even some like made, made for tv movies in the 90s and stuff like that this movie looks like i shot it on my 1999 camcorder it's really bad like yeah. the film is is terrible mm-hmm. um it's four by three it's like okay well that's that's signs of the times or whatever you know people didn't have widescreen tele- televisions but it's, it looks like someone's just, it, it's just one dude holding a camera, like following these kids around. Um, some of the audio is kind of bad. Some of the dubbing's really bad. Yeah. It feels from beginning to end very amateur. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to be unfair to the film. You, you compare it to other movies, other made for Disney Channel movies that came out around this period, like a couple that I've already, I just mentioned, that don't suffer from that. So I don't know what's going on with this film, but it is it is hard to watch at times just because it feels like somebody's home, home movie that they, that they created. There definitely are times where you're just like, what am I watching here? Because the camera work is just, it's, they do weird things like where like the camera I'm is a, not a video podcast, but um, picture like a steering wheel, like where you turn the steering wheel Mm -hmm. to the right. The camera does that. Like, like someone's holding the camera and they turn it clockwise as they're holding it, you know, face forward and, and spin the camera basically to, to give you some kind of like sense of like, um, uh, like, uh, you know, disorientation or whatever. And it's, it's so hokey, man. Like it's, it's literally what my brother and I would have done when we were kids. Um, you know, shooting movies in the the backyard. (laughs) And I mean, it's just tough because this movie came out, the year before mom's got a date with a vampire. Wow. And maybe a year before Halloween town or two years. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, obviously this one was one of the earlier ones, but wow. Um, I want to talk about acting, but you go first because you already mentioned it. Yeah. The acting, I mean, there's a reason you haven't <laughs> seen these people and more things. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because, and Jack would definitely agree with this. Child actors are really bad in it's, this it's movie. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like maybe Macaulay Culkin wasn't available. Yeah. Or fill in the blank. Uh, Ben Savage, (laughs) 
they couldn't get Corey Matthews for this movie. Well, see, they didn't have the budget. Like I, I, I you're absolutely right. I think that this movie, they never wanted to spend the money that would require that that would be required for Savage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they could have gotten those actors with the right budget, but like I think Disney, the people behind Disney Channel were like, you have, you know, eight hundred thousand dollars to shoot this movie. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> we'll do what we can. And so you shoot in a couple spots, and like I said, have two cameras on set and a skeleton crew, and you get you get it done, <laughs> however you can. But yeah, so it's just like I don't know. I mean, surely there were more talented people out there. Yeah. Uh, so the the lead uh, character in the movie is um, Francis, and. There are moments where she's serviceable, like where yeah. she's she's doing an okay job. There are some parts where I I had trouble watching. I I was, I was so embarrassed watching it. I I had to, I had like avert my eyes. Um, there's a couple scenes where she cries. <laughs> yeah, it, it is some of the worst fake cry I've ever seen on a screen ever. Like in my in my entire life watching anything mainstream, um, it's so bad. It reminds me of like when your like church youth group would like do like a skit at church or something like that. And like someone's mm-hmm. like fake crying on stage yep. or something like that. It's that kind of quality. And it's, it's hard, It's really hard to watch. Um, the guy that, that there's only two really main characters in the movie. It's pr- primarily you're watching scenes with Francis or, I mean, she's in almost every scene and then, or Francis and um, Larry, mm-hmm. Larry Houdini is, is his name. And, um, at first, when I, like the in the first scene with Larry, I, I kind of thought, oh, I could I could kind of dig this guy. Like he's silly. He's he's kind of trying to do the the Aladdin genie kind of shtick, but but you know he could be kind of zany enough and crazy enough to kind of bring some life to this film. But about like twenty minutes in to his character, I was so annoyed, man. Like yeah. I, I was like, stop talking, stop being a buffoon. Like let's get 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 down to business. Like it's it's not like a. There are some characters that are silly, like the genie from Mm -hmm. Aladdin, that you don't care if they get serious because they're so funny and they're so zany that you just want to keep watching. Like just be zany. With him, it was the opposite. I was just like, I need you to stop for a second. Like just focus and and stop trying so hard like to be funny because it's not landing and. They, you could tell their budget was really small because he's doing the genie thing, but they're like putting him in like uniforms and costumes and stuff like that. that you could just pick, pick up from the dollar store. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it felt really cheap and imitation the whole time. I mean, the first time where you get him in the cafeteria where she realizes nobody else can see him. Yeah. I mean, you're just like, okay, that's clever. But then we keep getting it over and over again. <laughs> Then he's yeah, the right. hockey player. Then he's in the band room. <laughs> and it's just like, how many times are we going to see the same scene just different? Yeah, you're right. I, I forgot I was going to mention that. Um, so, yeah, you nailed what I was going to say later. But, um, yeah, he, the, the, they, they do the, the, the shtick, the, you know, the comedy scene or whatever of only one character can see this other character in the room and they're talking to nobody, but everyone else is witnessing that this, and that would be okay for like if they did it once or maybe yeah. even twice. But they do it like seven times or something mm-hmm. like that in this movie, and it gets really old even by the third time. Um, but yeah, they keep trotting out this this old pony like over and yeah. over again. It's terrible. 
And so it's just kind of like one of those things where, I mean, I like the idea of the Larry Houdini character, but he got really obnoxious really fast. Yeah. So, so Larry, if you haven't seen the movie in a while or, or just haven't seen it at all, Larry is, shows up and, and like we said, she, she's the only one that can see him. And he is, so her little brother, Darwin, her, Darwin, um, is Larry used to be his imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. And we find out as through the course as of the, the story movie goes on. Yeah. Cause you don't know this for a long time. Um, but like, he is actually beginning to transform into a boogeyman himself. So mm-hmm. it takes a while. Like once a kid forgets about you or like too early, or too early. That's right. Yeah. Cause it, normally they would just kind of bounce from kid to kid and just be an imaginary friend to help to a kid until the time is right. Well, um, because he had like leukemia, cancer stuff and she was, um, like they had to like save his life. He had to grow up really fast, which mm-hmm. I kind of like, I kind of dug that part of the story. I was like, yeah, okay, this is cool. Like, you know, it's, it's the tale of a kid that had to grow up faster than he should have. Um, okay. I can, I can get into that. And then they, um, basically make that the premise for why he's in this like state of limbo almost like he's, he's, uh, he doesn't have a kid to be an imaginary friend too. Cause it wasn't his time. And given, you know, left to his own devices, he will just kind of descend into boogeyman ship type of thing. And so um, the boogeyman, the actual boogeyman in this movie is, ends up being her imaginary friend that she let go of when she was a kid. And which you kind of, you could easily miss the connection here. Yeah. Unless you're paying attention to the plot line. Because it makes sense because the movie early on talks about how she skipped a grade. So it's obvious that she's ascending into adulthood very quickly. So you kind of miss that part if you're not really paying attention. Yeah, she had this this girl imaginary friend named Zoe that was, was her good friend growing up imaginary. And ended up, you know, letting go of her too early and be, and it became this boogeyman. So basically the 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 what it said what is set up for the movie is this boogeyman is coming for her, right? Not for Darwin. Yep. He's coming for her. Mm-hmm. Um and it's really stupid, but like he basically is like terrorizing the entire town to make her look bad or something. I don't Pretty know. Much. I don't know what like his his like MO is like for the first hour of the movie. Um and then Larry is the basically confidant kind of helper to her. He's, he's the one that to progress the plot and like explain to the audience what's going on, but also to like assist her, even though he's not very good at anything. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of, kind of what's going on with all the characters, but um, he's so the Larry character is so silly and stupid all the time. He's not really helpful at all. And he's not really funny or enjoyable to watch for us either. Like he's, He's not really helpful in any way like yep. to, to both either the characters or the audience. <laughs> so he's not like, I don't dislike him. He's not a good actor, but he's not, he's not like a terrible actor. I just think he's been, he's asked the director or the script writer or whatever. He's asked to do just the stupidest, stupidest things yeah. on camera. I would agree with that. It just, it's not, he's set up to fail from the beginning. So, um, Let's see. Uh, what, what else can we talk about? Um, hmm. What do you want to talk about? I have a lot of like a lot of things on my notes, but um, why don't you? 
Why don't you go with the next thing and I'll piggyback off whatever you, you have to say. Okay. Because so, I'm sure I haven't comment. I think I think the the one scene that we have to talk about at some point is the li- the library scene. Oh yeah. So um, <laughs> at one point, Larry says, like she she confronts him, like she's like, "Hey, <clears throat> you know, stop playing this game." Like again, they did the scene like five times, but you know, no, okay, I get it. Nobody can see you except for me. Um, but come clean and let, let them know that I'm not the one doing all these things around town, like all the, the pranks and stuff like that around town. Um, you know, bees attach, attacking the principal. There's gelatin in the swimming pool, which some of the, some of the stuff that just that the parents and the adults believe in this movie is total nonsense. Like how can she drop a hundred pounds <laughs> of gelatin in the school pool to turn the entire thing into jello? Basically, then, How would she <laughs> like, surely that, I mean, you see the boogeyman have like 18 cartons of eggs. Yeah. You get you can't tell me that <laughs> they had that many cartons of eggs in their fridge. Yeah. Uh, there's so many things that just don't make sense as you're watching the movie. I like and I, I'm not this isn't me trying to like The girl sticking in the gelatin's pretty hilarious. Though. Yeah, she just goes like she dives into it and she's like head like waist up uh from waist to head is underneath gelatin and, and you just and hear just, feet kicking <laughs> your legs are just playing i i actually did kind of chuckle about that but um and like all these happen all these things happen in one day and they they believe that this one girl that by the way this one teenage like young teenage girl she's like 14 or something mm-hmm. um did all of these pranks she's like she's responsible for putting a letter b on every locker in school like yeah. the same day that she did the pool prank it's like it's total stupid, but like, I mean, just go with it, I guess. But anyways, they go to the library and, um, he's finally being helpful and he's like, okay, let's, let's find this book. Um, that's going to teach us all about everything we ever wanted to know about boogeymen. And they find this book and the book is literally called Le Livre de Boogie. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That's the name of the book. It's like a, a Latin text. Right. And, um, <laughs> the, the camera zooms in on, Francis and she says the boogie book <laughs> and he says yeah and, and the author is by guy in head <laughs> yeah which Larry's talking about several times that the voice in his head is telling him to come here <laughs> and then um so dedicated to my friend Larry so I I wanted to talk about the scene because I wanted to piggyback off of what the antics that I was I was I was thinking about with Larry there is a there's a table of small children <laughs> that are in the library, right? And the librarian's going crazy. This doing the typical '90s thing with you know she gotta be quiet in the library, and you know she's a stick in the mud. And so Larry like proceeds to like clown like literally clown it up with these kids. Yep. He starts doing backflips. He jumps into the television. Um, dressed up as a knight. <laughs> yeah, he he dresses up as a, like a train worker, and he's like. Because she's saying shh, and then so he goes shh, 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 like a train, <laughs> like a moving train, whatever. The kids are cackling and laughing, and he's basically causing the scene. And because the, we should have said this as well, but like the only people that can see him are little kids, like people that believe in imaginary friends. Exactly. So Darwin is just old enough where he doesn't. Of course, he had to grow up quickly, but the but little little kids all around town can see him it's you know young older kids and adults of course cannot see him so all these little kids can see him and they're just laughing and tackling cackling and whatever and 
it is the stupidest thing. Like I felt so bad for this actor, the the guy that plays Larry. This is actually one of my favorite <laughs> scenes. It, if I do have a favorite scene, it's probably this one. He just he looks he looks so stupid. Like yeah. I, I was like, man, I I feel so bad for you. You didn't get paid very much to do this movie, and now you have to live this down for the rest of your life. <laughs> so. Um, Anyway, any anything to add about the the library scene? I, I to me that was like one of the like it's just total time waste. Like they had to fill more time in between commercial breaks yeah. or something like that to make this movie pad this movie out a little bit. I mean, I this scene is I don't know. It's it's humorous <laughs> for me just because yeah the whole librarian thing yeah and he's basically anti librarian pretty much yeah and. I actually kind of like the gimmick and the whole train thing is pretty humorous. I think I was just over the, the like, okay. Over the Larry stick we, by this We get point. it. Like, but no one can see him except for little kids and, and you know, Francis. But <clears throat> I was just like, kind of over it at that point. But because this is like, this is like halfway through the film. Like I, I, right before the library scene, I checked the time on the, on the app the Disney plus app. And I was like, I'm only 43 minutes into this 90, yeah. 90 minute film. So, um, uh, then one of the bigger, bigger things that happens after this is there's a, a, a town wide blackout. Like, mm-hmm. um, they, they finally cornered the boogeyman on the roof. And, um, it's like the one, one of the few times in the movie that Larry's actually being helpful. he, climbs up to the roof and he's going to try to capture him, but he steps on the light and then he ends up almost falling off the roof. And then all the lights go out in the entire town, except for the McCausland house, yep. Francis's uh, family's house the next morning. And again, you can't think too hard about this film because some of this doesn't make sense. The next morning it's in all the papers, right? Like mm-hmm. the McCausland houses, they had to have been behind this. They somehow they caused a blackout to affect the entire town except for their house right like how would that, a how would that even happen and b how did they print the freaking papers in the morning there's no power yeah <laughs> and it was early enough in the morning where <laughs> they literally this wouldn't be a news article in the next morning no it would be the morning after that because it's like it's it's like in the middle of the night yeah. when they when they find this the boogeyman on the roof because they end up printing stories probably at like ten o'clock at night yeah so I don't know again there's no power like yep. it's a total blackout for the entire city so how are they printing papers and uh, the news reporters show up they're like basically locked inside of their house because they don't want to get mauled by the media right there's like four people out there but they don't want to get mauled. Then a, I don't know if you noticed this. There's a helicopter in the background as they're yep. like discussing this in their mm-hmm. dining room. I'm like, really, a helicopter? Like, this is like the biggest news of the year for this town is that they had a blackout. Yeah. So, um, it, just craziness. Phil. I mean, it is Middleburg, you know, in the the middle of nowhere. Um, so you know, not yeah. a whole lot happens in Middleburg until this week. Um, let's see. Uh. Oh, talk about Boogie Goo. <laughs> I'm not, we're not making any of this up, by the way. This is actual stuff that happens in the movie. Apparently, whenever you want to attract a boogeyman, Phil, you need to make Boogie Goo. And it's just got weird ingredients, like as chicken bones in it. Okay. But apparently, 
the boogeyman cannot resist boogie goo. And they talked about how the boogeyman would go in hiding and lay low for a little while. But then it comes out for the boogie goo. Yeah, we can lure him out with this boogeyman, boogeyman catnip, basically. So it's just this concoction that um, Larry is the one making it, but uh, Francis end up, ends up taking the fall for a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie. I mean, Francis she, should be in jail at yeah. this point. Like She should be literally locked up for everything she's allegedly done. Because of Larry, pretty much. <laughs> and so... But then Larry is just like, so he's making this huge mess and her mom just assumes Francis is doing this because they can't see Larry. But this is literally like inviting like a human tornado to your house, Phil. Oh, yeah. Okay, so have you seen Beetlejuice? No. I haven't either. Um, Gremlins? No. Okay. So, like, there's a lot of movies in this time period that did this type of thing. Like, it's it's definitely cribbing from some, like, bigger properties. Yeah. Um, I, I'll talk about Honey, I Shrunk, Shrunk the Kids later. But, like, it's it's definitely inspired by a lot of, like, 90s properties. Mm-hmm. Um, Beetlejuice is, a, a, as I understand, I've not seen it, um, is, I believe, is similar, where it's, it's like... Um, you know, Beetlejuice is getting the kids in trouble because he's the troublemaker. Yeah. They're trying to be good, but he's not. And so it's, it's essentially that now I don't think he's trying to get her in trouble, but he's just, he gets, he can't control himself. Yeah. And so he just, he literally turns the entire kitchen into like a war. It looks like a lab. Oh yeah. By the time he's done with it. And again, the parents come in and like, why'd you put gym socks in the pudding or whatever? And then they just let her go. Like, exactly (laughs) no big deal (laughs) there is no whatsoever whenever i mean she gets sent to the principal's office and they're pretty much able about to expel her and then next thing you know mom's just driving her home and there are no repercussions whatsoever for her alleged actions and listen, Grant and I are not like serious movie critics where we're like analyzing the merits of this film. This this is apparent to anyone who watches this movie. Like, I, I don't care if you're a kid. Like, kids are going to notice the stuff that doesn't make sense in this movie. Now, kids are probably not going to care. Like, yeah. it's like, okay, well, this is silly enough. I'll watch it. But man, for adults to watch this now, it's like, like I was getting angry at some of the things that just didn't make any kind of logical sense. So Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't know, Phil. This is a this is a tough one <laughs> to critique. Um, it's easy. Well, I wouldn't say it's easy to watch this movie, but it's kind of very easy to just sit and watch this and think uh, this movie's awful. But it's really hard to like pinpoint exact points about how where they went wrong. (laughs) And for this movie, it's almost like, well, I can tell you exactly where you went wrong. And it was creating this movie in the first place. Oh yeah. It's, it's, um, it's harder to find scenes where they went right. Yeah, it really is. And I'm not saying that just because I, it is fun to slam dunk on a movie like this, but like there's not, again, we've, we've, we've said a couple of complimentary things as we've Mm -hmm. been talking about this. Like, I think the premise is interesting. Like what happens to imaginary 
imaginary friends when kids let go. Yeah. Um, what, where do boogeymen come from? Um, you know, what, what is, uh, the nature of, um, the transition from childhood into adolescence. Like there's, there's something here that could have been made into like this really cool movie. Mm-hmm. And it just, again, the budgetary restrictions and the lack of talent <laughs> and just bad writing, bad cinematography, bad CGI. The CGI is really, really bad yeah. in this movie. Um, I like, I laughed at a couple of like really bad moments in mom's got a date with a vampire. There's nothing that comes close to how bad this is except for maybe Halloween town. Yeah. So I almost like, We've talked about how Disney remade Under the Wraps, which I haven't seen the original or the remake. You almost wonder if they tried this again. Yeah. And like not the same storyline, but maybe the same type of premise with the boogeyman. I, I, I think I would be down for that, honestly. I, I, I don't know that that movie would be great still. Yeah. E- even made with today's standards and today's budget and stuff mm-hmm. like that and today's actors uh, and certainly like today's like cinematography and all that and CGI. But I, I do think that the movie has a chance. Like I, yeah. I, I don't think that this movie was doomed to fail. No. But I do think that from the, o- the opening of the gate, they just didn't get off ever get off to the races like i you almost wanted and that's why like there were parts where i was like i felt embarrassed for the actors yeah as i'm watching it because like i'm thinking like even the actors have to have known like i'm trapped in this bad movie like yeah i i, I can't get out and and surely they don't want to watch this movie again no. unless this is the only thing they were in you may say hey kids come watch when i was an actor yeah but now i I'm a Domino's pizza delivery man. I mean, the, uh, these guys are probably successful in careers that are not acting probably yeah. right now for the most part. But my guess is they, they don't even want to be known like as that person. Like they just hope that they go through life without people even like looking them up on IMDb. <laughs> so um, let's get to the end of the film. Um, so uh, he starts, Larry starts going boogeyman. Like he starts like his nails start growing big yep. and he has, we haven't even mentioned this contraption that he creates. <laughs> I, I didn't even know what he was calling it. It was like, um, what do you call it? Like tempt, tempt refuge or something. Yeah. Like that. Something scientific ish. He tries to explain <clears throat> like how it works and it's all nonsense words. Like, you know, oh, yeah. it, you know, it's nonsense words, but it's like, we'll try to pull one over kids that watch this film, I guess. But um, anyway, this thing is going to like, it's kind of a cool. I, I, this is another positive. I, I'm trying to be positive where I can. the 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 idea of this weapon is actually kind of cool. It once you zap somebody with this thing, it doesn't kill them. It ages them. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm you know I'm in my 40s. If you zap me with it, I would like very quickly escalate through my 50s and 60s right yep. before your eyes. So like I'm like. Okay, that's kind of cool. Like maybe we'll see some cool CGI with that. We spoiler alert: we never did. <laughs> um, but um, he's got this weapon and, and he, but he's also struggling because he's turning into a boogeyman right before her eyes. And once he goes full boogeyman, like he's going to be like an enemy, obviously. And in the midst of all this, the, the, the actual boogeyman that they've been kind of resisting this entire time takes Darwin yep. and they go into what the boogie world under the bed, <laughs> which obviously you don't want to look under the bed, Phil, No, but precursor. We're going under the bed. (laughs) 
to the boogie world. Yes. Uh, and it's really dumb. It's basically, if you've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, it's yep. basically that. Um, <clears throat> the toy car that's under the bed is now like a massive car. Um, the peanut butter sandwich is now like a king-size bed of peanut butter sandwich. Of quicksand, pretty much. Yeah. Um, everything's everything's huge. They, all the toys and everything is, is just really, really big now. Um, paper clips are like the size of your you know torso and stuff like that. So... Um, so think Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but they make make the CGI like really, really bad. <laughs> and that's basically what this whole thing is. Um, Grant, tell us about the final conflict, the fight. So the he's got this machine. And wh- what I wanted to hit on first is uh, all earlier in the movie, Larry's just like, because he really wants Darwin to believe in him again. So he gives Francis this toy car and say... And he wants uh, Francis to give it to Darwin and say, here, Larry found this for you. Because he really wants him to believe in him again. And so they get under the bed. And how do they travel through the boogie world? On Darwin's toy car. Yeah. (laughs) And so... Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Larry has his contraption plugged in using an extension cord. Okay, which is plugged in <laughs> in Francis's bedroom, like her little literal room. Like it, it's there's like a portal underneath the bed, basically. Yep. Um, you know, and they they like dip into this pool, whatever, and end up in the boogie world. But the cable is still coming out of it and is plugged into her literal wall, like wall outlet. Yeah, and so they're transporting, and the cable just keeps getting longer and longer. And you're thinking to yourself, well. If you're watching this as a kid, you're probably not thinking this. Right. But as an adult, you're wondering, well, how long is this extension cord? <laughs> so then they finally get to Darwin. And what is Darwin trapped in? A sock. That's so stupid. And can Darwin get out? No. So, of course, Francis is the good big sister. And she's like, I'm going to save you. And then... Of course, the boogeyman shows up, and right as she's trying to save him, the transformation is complete of Larry. Yeah. And now we have two boogeyman. It's getting bad. So what are they going to do, Phil? Uh, clap their hands? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. What, what did they do before that? Uh, by the way, when when Larry goes full boogeyman, he's he inexplicably starts rhyming everything. Like apparently, if you're a boogeyman, you have to rhyme. Yeah, like that's part of the rule. Yeah, and um, so we're in this point where there's no way they're going to be saved. So now, at one point, the boogeyman is telling Larry to take care of Francis, and then he's going to take care of the kid. So you have the boogeyman pulling this sock and you're just like, oh my. And Francis is just shouting uh, to Darwin. Darwin, <laughs> believe. You need to believe. Clap your hands two times if, if you believe in Larry. And then the boogeyman's trying to silence him like all great villains do. And then finally... Darwin believes and starts clapping 
And then Larry, like he literally shouts, "Larry, I still believe." I still believe. Like, oh it's, my god! It's like shoot a, me now. It's like a scene out of a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, Larry t- turns away from his boogeyman ways. Yeah, he goes like in an instant. He goes straight back to like same old Larry. And then Larry's all about his whole spiel's and everything. And then he starts aging the boogeyman. But then what happens, Phil? The extension cord finally falls out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, nobody saw that coming. Nope. Um, so Larry struggles over Darwin, like he's trying to take Darwin away from the boogeyman, while Francis's job literally is to look for a power outlet. <laughs> like that's the that's her main job in this scuffle is I have to find a power source for this for this machine, and so um, she you know, finds this blown his super large battery and finds a way to connect the leads and stuff like that. Um, and get it going. But I was just like, dude, like this is so stupid. And all the while, like the combat's not, there's no combat. Like it's, it's literally actors just pull, you know, tug of war on like fabric. And like, it's, it's, there's nothing going on. Yeah. And it's just, it's clearly some people on a stage, like on a set. And then, you, like you're thinking, okay, this is getting serious. This is getting scarier. Um, but then, then the puns start coming out, and they start talking about like he grabs Larry grabs this huge pen, which has been blown up, you know, Honey I Shrunk the Kids style. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the pen is mightier than the sword. And he's yep. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and um, the sword is the boogeyman's like fingernail. Yeah. That is, I'll admit this is a little creepy, but his fingernail grows to like four feet long or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like massive. And he fights him with this pen and like, he just slices the pen in half with his fingernail. It's like super gross. But, and then he turns in this woman, like it was yep. like an old woman. I was like, what's going on there? And then Francis realizes it's, it's Zoe and kind of everything unravels yeah. from there. It, it wasn't a boogeyman at all. It was a boogie person. A boogie person, <laughs> Phil. We, we would like you to be, politically correct a boogie person <coughs> and zoe basically is this colonial type figure which go figure uh francis is a pretty big nerd yeah so go figure her uh boogie or her imaginary friend would be a colonial straight out of colonial america <laughs> i was gonna mention this at the beginning but i was really put off by their names at at first, this isn't like, um, <clears throat> you know, Grant and Jessica and Phil. It's like their names are Darwin, Francis, and what's the oldest? Albert. Uh, Albert. It kind of makes sense because they're it, named after three scientists. Okay, that's that's what that's what it was. So like, it, it I like for the first ten minutes, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then you start to get to know the dad a little bit. Again, he's almost not even in the film, but. Um, he's super nerdy. He's into the internet, which in 1999, which would have been a big deal, like that he was into the internet. Um, and they had their own website for their family or whatever. So like, but yeah, they're all named after like famous scientists, basically. Um, kind of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. Except artists <laughs> in that case. So, um, that's pretty much all you really need to know about don't, don't look under the bed. Yeah, pretty very, much. Very small cast, but that's typical of these made-for-TV. We've done a couple others this month. Um, plus, you've probably seen other ones on Disney Channel that are exactly the same. At one point, um, Francis has a friend named Joe or Joanne or whatever, 
and um, she gets really ticked off when in flowers the words Joe loves Bert is like mm-hmm. put in their in their uh, front yard, which she was supposed to be hush hush and secretive about. But she's not like she's a nothing character. Like she's she t- she she's in like every third scene for like the first thirty minutes, and then she's gone forever. Like you never see her again. So they definitely like. We're like, here's the eight people that we want in this film, and we're not going to let anyone come in. Um, the the uh, I, I already mentioned the costumes and the the uh, uniforms and stuff like that 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 Larry just kind of you know cycles through, but like the boogeyman, like whatever his makeup and you know um, costuming or whatever is really bad. Like it's it's it looks really fake. Um, you know, his hands look plasticky. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just not, there's almost nothing believable about it. There, <laughs> there's one scene I want to, I'll finish on this, I guess, unless you have something else, that, kind of a, a last lot. Go for it, Phil. There's a scene toward, is this towards, towards the beginning of the movie when there's just creepy, eerie stuff that's happening in the town. She gets to school and all of her classmates are standing frozen outside of the school. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I wonder what's happening here. She's, she's the only one that's mobile. She's walking right through these frozen people. And the camera zooms up to like this, you know, blimp level, you know, top down. And that all of the people, all the uh, extras that we got, for, that they got for the scene were supposed to be standing still. I counted three people that moved when they weren't supposed to be moving. <laughs> so <laughs> that is, that is the movie that you're getting with, <laughs> with uh um what's the name of this movie <laughs> don't look into the yeah. <laughs> so yeah woof this movie is bad bad like super bad so uh of course you have like the heartwarming scene at the end with the family and everyone says we believe in you now literally everyone just forgets that they had like the weirdest couple days of their lives and they just go back to their normal life after it and by the way, the old brother is like a total nothing character. Like what, what's his purpose in the film? Other than the fact that he gave bone marrow to his little brother. Not much. I mean, couldn't they just made this two kids? You would think. Why did they have three kids in this I film? Mean, he could have easily been the brother that's away at college. Yeah. It's so weird. He's in all the family scenes. He's there. He almost never speaks. And when he, when he does, he's like the douchey, like older brother. But that's it. Like he's not. He never takes place in any of the. Uh, never, never takes part in any of the antics or the drama or the fighting. Like he's non-existent. It, it, he was a weird character. I was like, why even have him in the film? So yeah, I thought Joe was kind of like that too. I was like, you could have cut her out of the film, save three minutes, and applied that somewhere else. Like I don't know. There's some weird choices. So that's about all we have to say about. Yeah. About that movie. For sure. And that's about all we have to say about the movies that chill you. During, yeah. During the month of October. I mean, I told... How do, you, how do you rank these? Um, Mom's Got a Date with the Vampire's the best. One. Uh, I might go Halloween Town. Really? Was Over Haunted Mansion? Mm, I don't know. Those two are a toss-up. Yeah. But, but this one's definitely the worst. Uh yeah, d- definitely. This is uh, we're in agreement there. This is definitely number four of the of the movies that we watched. This is a great one to, to end on. Um, I struggle with Haunted Mansion because like 
the budget and the the appeal of that movie and like what the, like the actor I mean they have yeah. freaking Eddie Murphy in it, it like it's hard to compare those two yeah it's it's the only movie that we watched that wasn't made for Disney Channel yeah um so it, it's hard to put it in this list of the three di- made for Disney Channel um I, I'm with you I, w- I would go one two three um Mom's Got a Date and then Halloween Town Halloween Town's really bad though like it's it's like for me Mom's Got a Date is not a great movie by any stretch, but is like, I would watch that movie twice before yeah. watching any of the other movies that we like, uh, even haunted mansion, but uh, frankly, but, um, Halloween town and, and don't look under the bed. I'd never want to see those pieces yeah. of trash ever again. Mom's going to date with a vampire. Uh, I'm five years from now, maybe just for, you know, when I'm looking for, I'm bored and I'm looking for some yeah. silly, silly fun. I might put that movie on. Um, but um, I, I don't think I'll ever go back to any of the other ones, including Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Um, I guess I would maybe put Haunted Mansion maybe at number two because to me, Halloween Town is like a distant third from, from the number one spot. Yeah, it's it's just tough to rank those two. And you have nostalgia for a couple of these films yeah. too. And I mean, you think what a movie with a budget can do. I mean, yeah. Haunted Mansion is nowhere close to Hocus Pocus. No, no, not even close. And probably on a lower budget. I, I, yeah. I haven't looked that up, but I know Haunted Mansion had some money behind it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Bette Midler was no slouch back then, but um, I mean, Eddie Murphy in his prime, like he was in the middle of like Shrek and all that kind of stuff when, yeah. they, when they cast him. Like they spent a lot of money on that set, um, that house and everything, all the CGI and stuff for that movie. They spent They spent quite a bit. Um, I think it's only serviceable just because of all the money that's on screen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the movie was super boring. Um, from beginning to end. So, yeah, uh, what a miss for Eddie Murphy. But uh, so that that's the movies that chill you uh for twenty twenty one. We will do this again. Um, I I really enjoyed doing this. Yeah. During October. So, uh, next year. Um, you know, let us know what movies you want us to watch. There's there's enough content on the service that we're good. We're good. We never have to repeat anything for years to come. Although I would kind of like to go back to Hocus Pocus next year. What? Which we might have to, but we're also getting Hocus Pocus oh, too. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's almost certainly coming out this time next year. Yeah. So, um, I think there's nothing for the segment that we usually put here called what else are you watching on Disney plus, right? No, you haven't had time. I have not had time to watch anything either. There's a a long list of stuff that's on my to watch list. I just uh, have not been able to get to it recently. We've been doing a lot of um, holiday stuff. Like we've been going to uh, fall festivals and pumpkin patch and uh, just doing a lot of family stuff. And again, we were sick, like almost pretty much my whole family got sick over, over the last week. And I was very sick over the weekend, which is when I do a lot of the the watching um, uh, streaming services stuff. During the week, it's just it's hard for me just in general. But um, yeah, it's been a kind of a interesting roller coaster week for us at our house. Um, let's cover what's new on Disney Plus this week, and then we'll get out of here. Um, this is for uh, November third, which is Wednesday, and November fifth, which is Friday. Um, no. It's uh, thir- October 29th. Oh, my gosh. Did I jump a week? And October 27th. Oh, no. I, I loaded the wrong page. All right. <sighs> okay. So, interesting. So, that totally changes my perspective on <laughs> what's coming out. I totally messed up. I didn't even think about that. All right. 
Okay, I got it. October, thank you for catching that. I didn't even think about that. My weeks are totally off. I thought like we earlier. Phil, before, we haven't had Halloween yet. I know. Before we before we hit record, I was telling Grant about how I'm so excited to cover the Eternals on our next episode. <laughs> He's like, Phil, that movie doesn't come out for another week and a half. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm totally off of my schedule right now. Okay, uh, Wednesday, October 27th, and Friday, October 29th, uh, leading up to Halloween. We're not going to do Halloween, even though. Like this next weekend is Halloween. We're not doing like Halloween themed stuff for next week because by the time we recorded it, we're not going to record on Halloween, which we usually try to record on Sunday nights. Um, we've been doing Monday nights recently because we've been so busy on the weekends, but um, we wouldn't even record until November 1st. You're not going to hear it until November 2nd. So we're done. This is the last uh, holiday, you know, Halloween type episode. Okay. So Wednesday, October 27th, uh, Doogie Kami Aloha episode eight. Uh, Port Protection Alaska Season 4 is from the producers of the Life Bef- Below Zero uh, series, which is, um, uh, I guess, like a spinoff um, called Port Protection Alaska. And it's basically about profiles that are trying to survive uh, way above the lower 48, so like way, way up high. That's mm-hmm. interesting because I was literally, it's so weird that this I'm reading this right now, last week, like four days ago or something like that, I was looking at the map, the map of Alaska. Like we were yeah. looking at, like are there even where are the where are, the, are there even towns like on the northern parts of the state and stuff mm-hmm. like that? And there are, but they're super small. Uh, they're super like um, uh, coastal. Like there's, there's almost nothing like inland. Like when you get really far up north, yeah. and um, it's just like frozen tundra. Like we got down like a Google Maps or Google Street View, like and mm-hmm. like looked at like the roads and stuff like that. And there's just, I mean, there's just nothing up okay. there. So interesting. Um, yeah. So I actually like, if I had time, which I don't to watch this, um, I, I think I'd be interested in it. Just, I literally had that conversation at work about, about Alaska. Crazy. Um, coming out on Wednesday is the making of what if, um, I will definitely be in for this. I'm super excited to see how all that came about. Uh, who knows? We might even see Chadwick Boseman um, on screen since he Maybe. was since he was the voice of um, his character in, in several episodes across What If. So that's coming out on Wednesday. Making of usually those are about an hour or so long. Um, <clears throat> Disney Insider episode nine comes out um, behind. This one's about the making of the new Epcot nighttime spectacular Harmonious. Have you seen that? No, you haven't been to. Epcot. Uh, I've been to it? I've been to Epcot before, but, but not in just, a while. Not for a long time. Okay, so that that's what that episode is about, and that's it for Wednesday. Um, Friday, this Friday, October 29th, McFarland, USA. I actually really like this movie. I don't know. I don't think I've seen this movie, which is really weird because I remember this movie coming out and it was electric. Like everyone was talking about yeah, this film. It, it's very good. Um. I think it definitely hits home for me because it talks about a poor school because it takes mm. place in a California high school and it kind of is relatable to uh, my wife and my wife, Caitlin and I, and even Jack, because we all three of us work at like poor schools. So this movie is very relatable and it's very good. Huh. And we should eventually 
cover this movie. Yeah, I would love to see it. I I remember like literally everyone that I talked to that saw it in theaters was like, "You have to see this movie." Yeah. Um, and I I think <clears throat> I think it hit me at a time where I just wasn't interested in sports, like especially mm-hmm. the like more emotional, yeah, serious. I, is there comedy in this film, or is it there? There's a couple things here and there. Um, I I just wasn't looking for that movie going experience, and so I just I never made the trip to the theater to see it. And then, you know, it came out on video. I just, I just never put it on, on the TV. So, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, that now I, my mindset now is much more agreeable to that kind of film. And I think I would actually really, really like it now. Um, so, <clears throat> so that comes out on Friday. Um, the next one is interesting to me. I, again, I don't have time to watch this stuff, but I love the premise of, of some of these things. Uh, this is a documentary thing, Bob Ballard and explorer's life. Bob Ballard is the guy who Finn just, Ballard's dad. No. Okay. Um, Not interested in Phil. I don't know. Okay. Um, go Bob ahead. Ballard is the guy who discovered um, the wreck of the Titanic. Okay. Uh, and the Lusitania. Hmm. And basically, it's him on screen uh, reflecting on his exploits as an underwater explorer, like. Um, I, you get the, I'm just from looking at like the screenshots and the descriptions kind of get the sense of it. Um, like this guy, like made his living, like exploring the depths of which like almost no human has ever even seen. Like, you know, it's basically to me like deep, like deep underwater stuff. Like this Titanic was like impossibly deep. They, we mm-hmm. didn't have the equipment to go that far deep, uh, deep until like recent years. Um, is almost to me like space exploration. Like there's only going to be a few people that actually do it. Okay. You know? So anyways, um, Bob Ballard and Explorer's Life is, is coming out this Friday, um, which is uh, one of note. And that is it for this week. It's it's probably the shortest list they've had this year. Um, yeah. there's, there's only six things coming out. Um, Doogie, Alaska, uh, The What If, uh, Making of, Disney Insider, McFarland, and Bob Ballard. That's it. Hmm. for the whole week so i i think i get the sense that we talked about calm before the storm towards the end of this episode it is definitely like i almost feel like they're holding they have content but they're holding it back because they want to make D- the disney plus day a big day um so they're just gonna everybody take the day off <laughs> yeah for disney day dude there's gonna be so much stuff coming if you have not looked at the we covered it already a few weeks ago so we won't cover it again now but if you've not looked at the disney plus lineup of what they're releasing on the anniversary is the two year anniversary of when Disney plus launched, uh, November 12th. I don't know if that's the actual day that it launched two years ago. It's, or it was certainly around the 12th and they, they're just, uh, there's like literally unleashing like seven hours of content that like yep. everyone's going to want to watch. So, and um, surely there'll be some surprises too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it is like their big like holiday, like mm-hmm. for Disney plus, um, Every year I expect it to be like this. So um, it'll kind of dry up before November and then it'll explode in mid-November every year. But that's kind of where we're at right now. So in fact, let's kind of talk about kind of where our show is the next couple of weeks. So um, this we're was... We're going on vacation, Phil. Yeah. No. Uh, this this episode was 97. Uh, next time on the show, we're going to do 98 and it's going to be... What, what were the two choices? Greatest Showman or... Beauty and the Beast live action. Uh, this is the um, oh, what's her name? Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Um, I've seen Greatest Showman. Uh, both of us have seen that one, but we're trying to coax Caitlin to come back on the show as a guest. Yep. We like having Caitlin on. 
So one way to do that is to talk about the greatest showman. Um, and then uh, I've not seen Beauty and the Beast, but I've, that is that's been a, towards the top of my list of like I, I really need to see this. Like yeah. it's been out for many many years now, and I just I've never given it the time. So um, you know, Maleficent, Maleficent was one of those for me where like I, I really wanted to see it when it came out, never got around to it. Um, and McFarlane, you know, we just talked about that, but Beauty and the Beast has been on the top of the list. Like I need to see this, so I would be down to talk about either one of those. Greatest Showman is really really good. Um, and there's a lot to talk about with that movie too. So either way, we're going to do one of those. We don't know at the time of this recording, which one we're going to do. So if you want to be prepared, you can either just watch both or just wait to see when the episode comes out. And if you want Caitlin on, just send us emails saying we want Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Uh, I'm sure some of our listeners would like to hear from a girl every so often. Uh, it's been kind of a dude show. Um, and then, so that's next week, episode 99, two weeks from now, we're going to, uh, the Eternals really does come out <laughs> the yep. week, just a few days before we record. Um, I know that doesn't come out on Disney plus it's not even available on premiere, right? No. Okay. 45 days. So, right. So you'll eventually get to see it, you know, first of next year. Uh, or if you, if you have theaters that are opening in your area, uh, we're going to do non-spoiler. That's we always do that. If it's not going to be something everyone can watch on Disney plus, we're not going to do spoilers. So we'll do a non spoiler review of the Eternals in two weeks. So if you have a chance to see it and you want to hear our thoughts on that, uh, if you haven't had a chance to see it, I promise we're not going to say anything that's going to spoil your experience. We're just going to kind of give you kind of general thoughts about, you know, the acting or the plot or the CGI or whatever, just kind of talk around details. Um, so that'll be a kind of a shorter discussion. We might discuss something else on that episode as well. And then episode 100, just how it's so serendipitous how this worked out. Um, the 100th episode of our podcast is Disney Plus Day weekend. Um, so, and we're going to the moon. Yeah, we we will record from the moon uh, in you know half gravity atmosphere. Uh, it'll be really great. We'll just be bouncing up and down the whole time and watching just a ton of stuff. I mean, that episode is going to be a long episode because there's going to be a ton of stuff to come out that weekend for Disney Plus Day. Um, right now, unless something changes, the plan is to have Jack, uh, back on the, on the show for that episode. So, um, the show originally launched, most of you know, Grant, Grant is the only other co-host with me. Um, but the show launched with Jack Ultramat, uh, myself and him and, and Grant, like Grant was guesting and stuff like that. And, um, we, I wanted to have him back for, for that one episode as a guest. So, uh, episode 100 coming up in a few weeks, Disney plus day all things Disney plus day, everything that's coming out will probably get mentioned at some point. So, all right, that is the calendar for the next few weeks. And then from there, it's just like 80 miles an hour, man. Like it's going to be Hawkeye. It's going to be book of Boba Fett. Lots of, lots of stuff coming up. So, yep. Here we go. Fasten those seatbelts people. Yeah. Hold on tight. Um, but not for a couple weeks. It's going to be a little, little slow in the next couple weeks. So next week, greatest showman or beauty and the beast. Um, thanks for joining us for the, um, I guess second annual. I don't remember if we did this last year or not. But like, no, we yeah. didn't. Okay, so you know, first annual, I guess. <laughs> Movies that chill you, month, and um, hopefully we haven't scared you too much. Uh, let us know what you want to hear about on this podcast, or send us your own review on something you watch on Disney Plus. We'd love to include you in the show. Uh, write us at disneyplusreviews at hotmail.com. Uh, we will talk to you next week for either The Greatest Showman or Beauty and Beast.